0: church we'll stand together to worship
1: Take me as you find me All my fears have failed This morning he conquered the grave, he's living, amen.
0: Can we give him a hand this morning? Thank you, Jesus,
1: amen. And away.
2: others for me. He does like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and i realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me and how the grace. Let it rain, let it rain of heaven.
0: declare that you are stronger and greater than any god. And we need a touch from you and I pray this morning your holy spirit will pour all over this place that you will let it rain. That you'll open up the floodgates and rain in us this morning. As we seek you, as we seek your face, as we need a touch from you, the almighty god open up your floodgates this morning on our hearts. We continue to invite you to flood us with your presence. One more time, church.
3: In the name Amen. of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Isn't His presence awesome? Isn't it great to have a place that we can come to, to get away from it all? no judgment, to join together and worship God and grow together. We welcome you this morning to Gateway Church, whether you're viewing online or here with us in person. You're uh, very precious to us, each and every one of you. Um, We've been in the series, A Better Life. And how many of you could say, I know the pastors probably ask you this every week, but how many is ready for a better life, Amen. How many is ready for a better year? How many is ready to get 2020 behind us? (laughs) A better 2021. Uh, We've been looking in this series at different verses in the Bible that talk about being better, having a better life and how to better our lives through applying God's Word to it. Before we get to this week's topic, uh, how many people here today have some really big decisions to make in your life that you're contemplating right now? Maybe it has to do with your job. Maybe it has to do with your uh, relationships. Maybe it has to do with your finances. Maybe it has to do with your children Maybe it has to do with what college you're going to go to or what career you're going to get into. Maybe it's a big health decision. We've all got decisions. And we make our decisions, and our decisions make us. And what I'm saying by that is who we are today is a result of decisions that we made yesterday. And who we are in the future is going to be a result of the decisions that we make today. And you can't change your past. You can't change what you've done in your past. But you can positively affect your future by making godly decisions now. That'll change your future for the better. That'll put you on a trajectory of blessing and favor before God. And the way to make those decisions is to make decisions that honor God and follow His Word and line up with His Word and His heart. And the very first message that I ever preached was on wisdom. And at 12 years old, the irony is I had none. <laughs> so, but it was the very first message I preached. And, you know, when I think, have you ever thought, well, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, this is what I'd say. Well, if I could go back and talk to that 12-year-old, I would tell him, first of all, stay away from the little Debbie's at grandma's. Second of all, uh, don't be so hard on yourself. Keep praying, keep seeking wisdom, keep reading God's word. And God will bless you, and God will provide for you, and he will help you navigate this life. He will give you the wisdom that you need to not only be effective at ministry, but at life. And so I preached about Solomon and his wisdom. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning with verse 3, he was just anointed to be king over Israel, and he too was very young at this point. And the tradition was that they would sacrifice before God. And Solomon, it says in verse 3, loved the Lord walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. Because there was no temple at this time. It says, and the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For there was the great high place, and Solomon used to offer thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and and God said, ask what I shall give you. So imagine that. Imagine God coming to you in a dream and saying, whatever you want, you could have any one thing Ask me for it. Now, some of you smart Alex are going to be like, I want more wishes, right? <laughs> and I would answer you in my Robin Williams voice, but it, it, I'm not very good at impersonations. But if you can't ask for only one thing, God gives you that. How many of you would go straight for money? Show me the money. Or fancy cars or a big house, or for fame, or for a good-looking, faithful, godly spouse. Imagine that. If God said, you can have anything, what would it be? And let's see what Solomon's reply was in verse 6. It says, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness. In righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and hath given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this great people? You can have anything, Solomon. Ask of me. And what does Solomon ask for? He said, God, give me knowledge and wisdom to lead your people. And, and just to define that, wisdom is the ability to take the knowledge that you have and apply it effectively to your life. And godly wisdom is the ability to take the knowledge of God's word and God's heart and apply that to your life. And in verse 10, it says, It have pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or life of your enemies, so that none like you has been before you or, or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding and to discern what is right, behold, I'll do according to your word. Behold, you are. Give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare to you all your days. And if you walk in my ways and keep my statues and my commandments as your father David walked, I will lengthen your days. So King Solomon went on to be the wisest man that ever lived, renowned throughout the whole known world for his wisdom, his wealth, his fame. Even to this day, none has arose before him wiser or after as God had promised. And he wrote several of the works of the Bible, including Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon, have all been attributed to him. He wrote more about wisdom than any other author in scripture. And and over and over again he would use the phrase, wisdom is better than blank. In Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 18, he said, Wisdom is better than the weapons of war. You would think a king, especially in his time, the one with the most advanced weapons, the biggest army, the most highly trained infantry would be the most powerful. But Solomon knew that having the best weaponry in the world, but not having the wisdom to use it, that wisdom was so much better than weapons of war. And and 9 and 16 says, but I say to you that wisdom is better than might. So King Solomon settles the debate that brains are better than brawn. But you can be the strongest person in the world, but if you don't have the mind and the wisdom, you're at a deficit in your life. Proverbs 16 and verse 16 says, But how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Gold was the number one most valuable commodity in that era and really in every era, even to this day, for centuries. It was the most sought-after prized possession because having gold meant power, prestige, wealth, and all the benefits that came with it. And here, Solomon is saying, how much better to get wisdom than that which everyone else wants, what everyone's seeking after, which everyone else desires. Wisdom is more precious than that and understanding is more precious than the second most valuable commodity which was silver choose understanding so, you know as a young man I realized like Solomon that I was young that I was dumb that I was inexperienced and that I needed direction from God so as a, at a young age I began to pray for wisdom for discretion, for understanding. And I remember I would get up every morning and I had a list that I would pray and say, God, give me wisdom, give me understanding, give me discretion to make decisions that honor you. Help me to the spirit to understand your word. Reveal to me the mysteries of your word. Give me wisdom to, to apply it to my daily life. And I would read the book of Proverbs specifically over and over and over again his writings to the young men and and the young women. And I would read the word of God and I would pray. And you know, I still made some very dumb decisions in my life. I can look back. But I am convinced that through my praying for wisdom and my seeking after God, that I avoided incalculable bad decisions that I could have made that would have brought tragedy and destruction into my life and to my relationships. Young people, I've, you can ask any older person, and I can guarantee you, that they will tell you that there's, a, there's times in their life that they wish they could go back to and change the decision that they made. If I only knew what I knew now, how many times have we said that? How many times have you heard it said? If I only knew what I knew now. But you can't go back to your past. You cannot change your past. But you can change your future by making good, wise, godly wisdom. Applying that to your life. Those decisions now. Not the wisdom of this world, which the Bible calls foolishness. But wisdom that lines up with God's word that lines up with God's heart and the principles that he lays out for us. By doing this, you know, after decades and after year, years, you're gonna begin to see a change in your life. You're gonna begin to see your life become better. You're gonna see that you're, you go from being insignificant to impactful. You're gonna see that you go from improbable to the most likely to succeed. Because when you put God's principles to work in your life. When you apply godly wisdom to your life, it will make your life better. That's what this whole sermon series is about. It doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. It doesn't mean you're not still going to have issues. But you'll be able to navigate them through the wisdom that God imparts to us. Amen? Proverbs, and I just want to say this, I know this is not the most exciting message to preach or to sit and listen to, but we need this wisdom now more than ever. This is so important. As church leadership, it is so important that we give you practical teaching that you can apply to your life, that you can take out of here and use every day. If your marriage is in trouble, you need relational wisdom. If you're having financial issues, you need financial wisdom. It's all in the Bible. It's all there. If you're making decisions about where to go to school, about your relationships, whatever it is, these big decisions that you're making, you need wisdom. You need God's direction. And I don't know, they really liked this one in the first service. They said, if you have teenagers you need wisdom. That's the most amens I got. Proverbs 4 beginning of verse 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Solomon's saying, whatever you do, whatever you seek after, whatever it is in life that you're after, if you don't get anything else, get wisdom. If you don't seek after anything else, seek wisdom. Because wisdom is supreme. If you want to glorify God, if you want to make a difference in this world, if you want to live a victorious, impactful life, meaningful life, you need wisdom. You may be sitting here thinking, well, I don't have the mental capacity. I just barely squeaked through school. Or I've got a learning disability. That's not what I'm talking about. This is for anyone. Anyone. I'm not talking about worldly wisdom and knowledge. I'm talking about a God who's not respected persons who the Bible says will give wisdom freely to whoever asks, if you seek after it. Amen. Whatever it costs, seek wisdom. It's more valuable than any commodity that this whole world pursues. Wisdom is better than gold, Solomon said. And though it may cost you friends, it may cost you money, it may cost you prestige or time, seek wisdom above all else. It will transform your life. And and throughout Solomon's writings, he talks about, he contrasts the foolish and the wise. And talks about not to be a fool, but to be wise wise. And how many people, when you look back at, you know, when you were younger, you really thought you were it. You really thought you were cool. You really thought you had it all together. And now you look back at pictures of yourself and you're like, how could I dress that way? Or how could I have had that hairstyle? Or what was I thinking? Um, I found a photo album, a whole photo album. I had a cat in middle school and I had a whole photo album of pictures of me and that cat was all that was in that photo album. Matter of fact, one picture was so embarrassing it had me with my trombone and my cat. And uh, we started dating my wife. I said, you know, this has got to go. She cannot see this. So I threw it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Um, And I've looked back at some of my old notes from where I preached, and I'd be like, man, what were you thinking? Why would you say that? I didn't know any better, because a fool most often does not know that they're a fool. I thought I was wise. I thought I knew. I thought I had it all together. But a fool, number one, will act before they think. How many of you act before you think sometimes? I think we all do. How many, how many of you impulse buy? Don't really think it through, you just buy it, and then later you're like, that was a waste of money. It's sat, it sat in your garage for three years. How many of you occasionally hurt someone that you love because you can't keep your mouth shut? You fail to think about what you're going to say before you utter it. How many of you have had too much pride to ask for help? When you're struggling, when you're going through something and you struggled for years with the same thing because you're too foolish to say, hey, I need help getting through this. Help me get through this. Give me some wisdom. Give me some direction. Have you ever been through a situation like this? Proverbs 13 and verse 16 says, Every prudent man acts with knowledge. So, in other words, before he acts, he thinks about what he's going to do. He thinks about the ramifications of what he's going to do. He looks at God's word and what God's word says about what he's going to do, and then he acts. It says, But a fool flaunts his folly. In other words, a fool does not think before he acts, he acts and then deals with the consequences often living in regret for the decisions that they have made. Thirdly, a fool will spend all they earn. In Proverbs 21 and verse 20, such precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it all. So he eats it all, he spends it all, and you know they say, well, well, you know, the American the American way of life is to have a pretty high amount of debt for every household. And everybody's doing it. You know, everybody just it doesn't mean everybody's wise. Uh, it's not wise to straddle yourself with so much debt that you're one paycheck away from financial disaster. We need to be, get wisdom. I don't know how many people I've talked to who struggle to pay their basic necessities, their utility bills. And you look at them, and all four of them, and the dog has got an $1,100 phone and the payment that goes with it. They got big screen TVs in every room of the house that they never watch because they're always on their phone. They got a giant SUV with a giant car payment, and they're struggling to get by. We need wisdom. There is practical money managing wisdom in God's word that you can apply to your life. And we need that, amen? And, And fools hurt those they love. Proverbs 14 and verse one. The wisest of wisdom builds her house. The wisest of women, excuse me, builds her house, but with folly, her own hands tear it down. This house that she's built, that she dreamed about, that she, her children, her family, her husband, that she'd built with her own folly, she's tearing it down. Fools hurt those that they love. What does he do? He's domineering, he's angry. He's unsufferable and provokes his children to wrath and doesn't honor his wife. Foolish people will tear down the ones that love them the most. The ones that would go to the end of the earth for them. That would do anything for them. That would stick with them through anything. Who love them. A fool attack his own. I've seen it so many times. Foolish people don't know what they have in a relationship until it's over. They don't recognize the value. And lastly, fools think they know it all. Proverbs 12 and 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Now, how many of you had someone's mug pass across your mind as I read that? We we all know somebody who thinks they know it all. And, you know, at one point in my life, that was probably me. I don't think I need to elaborate on that. That a fool will not take sound advice, but thinks they know it all. Solomon said, how much better is wisdom than gold and to choose understanding than silver? It's the most valuable thing that you can get in this world. Understanding, wisdom, wisdom. It's supreme. We need it. I need it. You need it. We all need it. It'll change the trajectory of your life. I'm telling you, your life will be so much better when you start using godly wisdom, when you get it and apply it to your life. You can impact more people and make decisions not based on worldly wisdom, but on godly wisdom, which can see beyond into the eternal realms. So now you ask me, how do I get it? Well, I'm glad you asked because I was prepared for that question. First of all, Proverbs is intentionally straightforward and very practical. That's what I love about Proverbs. It doesn't beat around the bush. It says, this is the way it is. And there's, I'm going to talk about three verses very quickly that tells us incredibly clearly how to get wisdom And the very first one, it starts with the fear of God. And Proverbs 9 and verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And I'm not talking about here a fear of, oh, God's gonna strike me down any minute. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a reverential fear and awe of God and who he is and a recognition of God and his power, and his glory, and his majesty. You know, there's fools out there today in this world who believe that there is no God. They have no hope for wisdom. There is no hope for wisdom in your life. You are the most foolish man that ever lived, and nothing will change until you recognize that God is God, and he is on his throne, and he is ruling and reigning over all, for all of time. You know, there's times where I've seen the church has gone from one extreme to the other. At one time in our history, we're burning people at the stake for some alleged offense of God. And, and then there's other times where it seems like we're so casual that, you know, eh, there's God. Hi. We need to remember who God is and His power and His glory. If we could see God and experience His presence... in his fullest form, we would be on our faces before him in his presence. If we could see him like Isaiah saw him on the day King Uriah died and he went into the temple and he said, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple. If we could experience God and recognize that God is the God over all and that what we sow We shall also reap because God is not mocked. And that one day we will give an account before God of how we lived our lives and how we applied His principles to our lives. If we could experience God in that way, we'd no longer be thinking, worried about what anyone thought. Or all these little peripheral insignificant things that we stress about and worry about. And we'd be thinking more in a heavenly mindset. That my decisions that I am making today have not only uh, a momentary impact, but it can have an eternal impact. I need to weigh my decisions based on what God says in his word how will this glorify God? How will this make his name known? How will this represent Christ? How will this further his kingdom? How will this help me be more like Christ? The psalmist said, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. But the beginning of wisdom is to recognize who he is. Secondly, to get wisdom, this is a real deep one, guys. It's ask. That was sarcasm. James 1 and verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed with the wind. Wisdom is for anyone. If you lack wisdom in your life, all you have to do is ask of God. And He promised that if you believe, He would give you wisdom. You seek Him out, you read His word, you come to church, you listen. God is going to impart wisdom to you. God, give me wisdom. God, give me direction. I can't tell you how many times I pray that throughout the day. You know, our pastor spoke a few weeks ago about a day in your courts is better than a thousand. And those constant communication that you can have, that you can live in God's presence throughout the entire day. And those little short bursts of communication of, God, give me wisdom. God, what do I need to say to this person? How do I respond God, I need your direction in this decision. God, guide me through this, please. God, I need, uh, help me reach out to this person. God, I'm meditating on the scripture. I don't understand it. Reveal it to me, the meaning of it. God, I feel like you want me to call this person. I feel like you want me to do this. Help me know that this is you, that this is truly your spirit speaking to me. God, I want to reach out to this person. How should I do it? How should... I make this connection. God, I feel like you're leading me in this direction. Give me wisdom. Show me, God. You see what I'm saying? You fear God. You recognize that you need him in his direction, and you ask God. Pretty simple so far, right? Third one's not any harder. Surround yourself with wise friends. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If you want to be wise, hang around with people who are wise. If you want wisdom, ask for counsel from people who have it. Don't be a fool who knows it all, but be teachable. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. I've seen it time and time again in my own life, in other people's lives, that the company that they keep negatively or positively affects their life and the decisions that they make. It's so important that you surround yourself with wise, godly people. And, I, you know, I, say, I hear people say all the time, well, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Yes, Jesus ministered to sinners right where they were. And that's what made him so effective. But at the end of the day, he had 12 men that he handpicked that ministered to him, and they were together, and they grew together. Some of you, the wisest thing that you can do it's cut some people out of your life that are having a negative impact on your life, who are leading you away from God, who are leading you towards bad decisions. It's okay to do that. It's okay to say, I'm not gonna hang out with them anymore because they are leading me to make bad decisions in my life. Do they support your relationship with God? Do they treat you with respect Do they do things to encourage you or to tear you down and discourage you? Some of the most embarrassing things that I remember doing in life and some of the worst decisions that I made that still pain me to look back and think about are when, one, I took the advice of stupid people or two, I shunned the advice of those who are older and wiser than me who tried to warn me and I didn't listen. And I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to wrap it up. But here recently, I had a got a call from our general manager, and he uh, he called and offered me a job at our corporate office. And you know, the first thing you think of is, man, you know, it's going to look great on a resume. I'm sure it's going to come with a pay raise. It could lead to even better opportunities but I did three things. He wanted a decision right away. He's like, I need this real quick. We got to move quick. We got to fill this position. I recognized number one, that God was sovereign and that I needed to consult him in that decision. Number two, I asked God for wisdom. I said, God, I need your direction. I need your guidance in this. I need to make sure this decision is what you would have me to do. And third, I spoke to several people that I know and look up to and see as having godly wisdom, and I asked them to pray with me and talk with me about it. And one such person, I was on the phone at work, and she was at work, and I called her up, and she prayed with me right there on the phone, and we prayed together, and she prayed, God, give him the wisdom and discretion and the understanding to make this decision and to make the right decision." And in that moment, I knew what I had to do. And I made a decision and I turned that job down. And I haven't regretted it since. And I've had several confirmations that tells me that what I decided was a good decision. How many times if I had done that before? Had I saved myself from trouble, from evil, from tragedy? I had just applied godly wisdom to the decisions that I've made instead of by the seat of my pants and by my own intuition making decisions. And it may go against worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom would say, yeah, take it. It's going to be a great opportunity. I had several people tell me that. But using godly wisdom looks at it from a biblical perspective, from the heart of God. And God didn't call me to climb the corporate ladder. He called me to preach his gospel. And he knows, and he sees, and he has a plan. And if I follow his plan, I'm going to be okay. If I follow his wisdom, I'm going to succeed. One wisdom will bring you temporary rewards, but using godly wisdom will bring you eternal rewards. It cannot be valued. There's wisdom for you. Don't sell out to the meaningless things of this life. or you're never gonna have a good marriage. You're never gonna have good, stable finances. You're never gonna have a fulfilling life unless you begin to apply the wisdom of God and his word. It's really simple, church. Number one, fear God. It's not hard. God, I love you. God, you're awesome. God, you're above all others. There's none like you. Who is like our God? There's none. I honor and glorify you as the sovereign creator, the ruler of all the earth, and that I need to acknowledge you in every decision that I make. To ask, God, I'm not very bright on my own. I make some really dumb decisions. I need wisdom. I need direction. I need you to give me wisdom, God. And I believe that as your word says, if I pray for that and don't doubt in my heart, that you give it to me. Just ask him. Three, surround yourself with wise people. God, help me to have the wisdom to choose friends that'll lead me closer to you and not farther from you. God, help me to know the difference between ministering to those who are in sin and not joining yokes with them. God, give me friends that can give me counsel in my moments of biggest decision that can say, I have been there And this is what God's Word says. This is my advice. And I'm going to pray with you. And together, you can make a decision that you can feel confident in. Young people, most of all, listen. You're going to need wisdom for what you're going to face in life. It's daunting. It's overwhelming sometimes but you can navigate it through God's word and listening to those who've walked that way before. If everyone would please stand all over the house. Man, I'm ready for a better life. I'm ready for a better life. What our pastor's been preaching and what we've been going through this morning, it's It works, church. I've seen it. I've lived it. I know it. If you apply it to your life, you can have a better life. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for this house. We thank you for each person here. We thank you for your word, Lord. And how it provides a roadmap for us to follow we thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us alone, but you sent another comforter, and you promised us that you would give us wisdom if we ask of you. We thank you, Lord, that you care so much about us, that you cared about even the little what seem meaningless decisions that we make every day. You want to be a part of that. You want to help us get better in our marriage, in our relationships. You want to help us get better in our finances. You want to help us make better decisions that will make our life better. Thank you, Lord. You said the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. But you have come that we may have life. And not just life, but a more abundant life. You've given us the tools to do it. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us guidance, give us direction. Lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Whatever the people under the sound of my voice are, are going through this morning, whatever big decisions they're going through, Lord, we pray that you will guide them, that you will make their path straight, that you will shine a light on their path. That through your word and through your counsel, we can have a better life in you. We don't have to keep spinning our wheels and struggling along, but we can hold our head up confidently knowing that we are walking in a path that is pleasing to you. Thank you, Jesus. We accept it. We receive it. We believe it in Jesus' name. He's so great, church. Let's sing together and worship him before we go.
2: Our God is greater. Our God. Is... song because it says if our god is for us then who can stop us if you know our god can stand against our god is stronger and our god is greater so when you sing that sing it like you mean it sing it like you're telling the world that you know that tell let people know that you know that say it like you mean it
3: We love you. God bless you. Life groups on Wednesday nights and throughout the week. You can sign up on the gate.life. I think we have one even tonight. Whatever works for your schedule, we've got one for you. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here Sunday.